a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. It's Friday. I'm in a good mood. <sighs> a little frustrated, though, about that topic we, we discussed there with me a love before the break. Uh, podcast. We have a, a podcast which we make available after every episode concludes. I insist you go back and listen to that conversation I had just now with Mia Love. Why? Well, because uh, there are some very heated emotions communicated both by myself and the former congresswoman. And uh, it really is one of those questions where you have to ask yourself, is this right or is it wrong? A big mural, downtown Salt Lake City right now depicting uh, women who have had a contribution to uh, Utah and our country, at least that's the allegation, or at least that's the, uh, the description of the artwork, and yet there are a number of names and faces absent from that mural. Mia Love included uh, former Speaker Becky Lockhart, and I say former only because she passed away while in office. Okay, She has done so much uh, for this state, and a long list of other Republican women uh, excluded from uh, the mural in downtown Salt Lake. So have a listen to that podcast once it's available. Uh, and right now, I want to shift gears pretty dramatically and offer for you another one of my famous Lee Lonsberry pop quizzes. So tell me, who is this person? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a name. And you tell me why they're famous, okay? Carlo Pietro Giovanni Guglielmo Tabaldo Ponzi. One more time. It's a long name, I know. Why is he famous? Carlo Pietro Giovanni Guglielmo Tabaldo Ponzi. Yeah. Better known as Charles Ponzi, as in Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Uh, yeah, early, early 1900s, uh, he in Boston, uh, he figures out, uh, you know, if you uh, promise people big returns uh, and they give you their money, once you, like, convince a second person to give you money, you can pay, like, that first person uh, a lot of the second person's money. You pocket some of that. You get a third person involved, and then this daisy chain of fraud develops, and you've got yourself a bona fide Ponzi scheme. And unfortunately, here in the state of Utah, uh, there are many of those who fall victim to it, as there are also many who perpetrate this type of fraud. It drives me crazy. I hate, I hate fraud. It drives me nuts, especially when you take advantage of, say, the relationship you have with uh, a member of your own family, uh, your community, and maybe your own faith. And so yesterday, uh, when producer Amy, as she and I were getting ready for today's program, she told me that uh, uh, that. U.S. Attorney for the District of Utah, John Huber, had handed down an indictment. I said, uh, you know what? I really like John Huber, and I really hate fraud. Give him a call. And he joins us now. Uh, sir, how are you? Hey, Lee. It's great to be with you, but here we go again. Another Utah Ponzi scheme. It, it drives me absolutely crazy. And one thing, one thing in total fairness to, to justice and all, I need to read a line uh, from uh, the release announcing this indictment, uh, that indictments are not findings of guilt. Individuals charged in indictments are presumed innocent unless or until proven guilty in court. So all, every, all, all this that you and I are about to discuss, uh, it, it is all uh, merely an indictment at this point and that everyone involved uh, is presumed innocent unless and until proven guilty otherwise. Uh, so with that... Uh, describe for me, please, this indictment. Well, uh, this scheme, um, it, it involves, a, a, they're going to start a brewery up in Park City. And uh, 
fast talkers pitching this. They raised uh, about $2.7 million and promised 8% returns to people. This is going to produce thousands of gallons of beer and alcohol. It's going to be in the top five microbreweries in the country in five years. A lot of outlandish yet believable statements that investors bought off on and gave him $2.7 million. In the end, our allegations suggest that he pocketed $1.7 million of the $2.7 million. A few of his cronies uh, maybe got some other change out of it. And maybe about $500,000 actually went towards the project that he had built. So there was no chance that this was ever going to get off the ground. Why? Because it was a fraud from the very beginning. Does the does the project exist in any stage right now? Is there a Mineshaft brewer, uh, brewing company? Is, is, is there anything to show for that half a million spent on its uh, creation? There's a sketch. There's a diagram. There's a dreamy looking, you know, into the future view of what may be, but it's all a fantasy. And that's what that's what it is with the people who commit fraud or who are alleged to commit fraud. They have just a tool or an artifice that they use, but the pitches then become all the same and they start looking all the same. So the thing that they're actually selling, it doesn't really matter. It's just that they have something to pitch. And in fact, in this case, the, the man who's charged has a history of being under the thumb of regulators for past fraud schemes that he was held accountable for. And what is so troubling about this new Utah fraud scheme is that it looks like the evidence will show that he used money from these new brewery investors to pay off restitution in a prior fraud scheme where the state of Utah held him accountable. $300,000 he took from new investors to pay people he owed restitution on from another fraud scheme years before. Stunning. How is someone able to, under, like as you said, under the thumb, how is he able to uh, swindle these 100-plus investors and bilk them for $2.7 million? Well, Lee, successful fraudsters in the history of all those who we have convicted in Utah held accountable, there's one common denominator. They're really good talkers. They have silver tongues. And even when confronted on things like, hey, I, I noticed maybe you're in trouble with the state of Utah, uh, you know, no, don't worry about the man behind the curtain. I mean, they really know how to talk themselves out of a problem. They're really good at swindling people. Why are we such a haven for this type of uh, misbehavior? Well, you know, usually we're talking about a haven in the victims. And in your uh, prelude comments, you suggested that Utahns themselves are often uh, victims of these fraud schemes. And that is true. But another unique factor about this uh, fraud scheme in our list of 100-plus victims, they come from all over the country. And so, you know, you might say that a brewery may not be the most attractive um, investment uh, idea for your average run-of-the-mill Utah. Well, in this case, that proved to be true because we have them from Arkansas, Texas, Florida, Massachusetts, Arizona. I mean, they come from all over the country chipping in their $10,000, $50,000 on the promise that they're going to get that big return, guaranteed return. I already have it all in the works. It's going to happen. Look at this shiny brochure. Look at this video we, we produced. And uh, so a little bit unique. We have a homegrown fraud scheme mm -hmm. that victimized dozens and dozens of investors from all across the country. 
I, I'm unaware of the demographics of the, the potential victims in this scheme, uh, but typically uh, there is a, is a high concentration of victimhood amongst the elderly. Uh, and so just as, as a public service, as you and I wrap up this conversation, if there are those uh, who are listening who could become uh, susceptible to this type of fraud, or maybe you're the, uh, the son or the grandson, granddaughter, what have you, of someone who may be susceptible, uh, what are the signs to watch out for? Well, look, in this case, there's a great red flag in this case because he was already on the hook with the state of Utah from another fraud scheme. A simple Google search would have revealed his name and revealed the trouble that he had gotten himself into. So if you want to help out your aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, or your own parents, or yourself, you know, the Internet is an amazing thing, Lee. I don't know if you've heard about it, but we can accomplish a lot of things. And then when we do see that red flag out there, don't listen to the silver tongue guy who's got an answer for everything. Use it as what it's meant to be, a red flag warning to us that maybe there's a more prudent investment for my money as opposed to this one where I'm seeing the flags of prior misconduct, prior restitution orders, and this guy's been in the news before. Yeah. Run away as fast as you can when you see something like that. Also, I'd add, I'd add uh, when there are shiny returns, uh, big numbers uh, promised in terms of percentage of return, uh, you see something certainly into the double digits. That deserves and demands a, a heightened level of scrutiny. Uh, John Huber, sir, I'm grateful to you for your time. U.S. Attorney for the District of Utah, uh, consider me, as always, an ally on this front. If there is anything uh, that I can do from behind my little microphone here to, to aid in protecting Utahns against this type of fraud, uh, you, you give me a call and let me, know, let me know what I can do. Lee, you're doing a great work just bringing it to the air today. Thank you for all you do to keep our community safe and a better place. Thank you, sir. A quick break. When we return, I want to explain to you why exactly there is a guillotine bolted to the sidewalk in front of Jeff Bezos' home right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually true. And I'll explain it all next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.